we wanted to draw on the achievements of Black librarians that address ongoing social inequality. So we encouraged authors to reflect on the time we were in as a nation. This publication, we wanted to contribute to the discourse on ways of increasing anti-racism, empowerment, and representation in the LIS field and beyond. I'm Kathleen Hughes, and you are listening to FYI, the Public Library's podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. The latest edition of the Black Librarian in America the seminal Black Caucus of the American Library Association, BCALA, publication published by Roman and Littlefield, is the first to be wholly edited by Black women, including Shante Byrne Simpson, Nichelle M. Hayes, Dr. Anna Ndumo, and Dr. Shandra Walker. And it also features a foreword by the Librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden. This reflective and celebratory edition marks the 50th anniversary of both the first edition, edited by Dr. E.J. Josie, and the founding of the BCALA. The editors have gathered a wealth of wisdom and lived experience from the stories represented in this volume, which are invaluable to understanding the challenges, opportunities, and ongoing work of Black librarians in America. In this episode of FYI, the Public Library's podcast, we have the privilege of speaking with one of the editors of this important and timely book. Shante Burns Simpson, Associate Director of the Center for Educators and Schools, and I've been in the library field for over 25 years. I'm the immediate past president of the Black Caucus of the American Library Association, and I'm super proud of being one of the editors for the Black Librarian in America. Welcome, Shante, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Let's talk about the Black Librarian in America. What inspired you as you set about working on the latest edition, and what was the overall vision? We wanted to commemorate two important milestones, the 50th anniversary of both BCALA's founding and the first publication of Black Librarians in America. In 2020, BCALA turned 50. I think we look really good. Dr. Ndumu and Dr. Walker shared the idea for the book. And since many of us were at home, we wanted to seize the opportunity to really think and take a deeper look at what we were doing in our communities, in our society, and in our profession. As one of the editors of the new edition, can you describe what stood out to you as you worked on this edition compared to previous editions? What changes did you make and what were some of the reasons behind these changes? It was really important for us to continue to showcase the roles that Black librarians play in U.S. society. We wanted to draw on the achievements of Black librarians that address ongoing social inequality. So we encouraged authors to reflect on the time we were in as a nation. For example, the health disparities exposed by COVID-19, along with the racist murders of Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others for the whole world to witness. This publication, we wanted to contribute to the discourse on ways of increasing anti-racism, empowerment, and representation in the LIS field and beyond. And while previous editions were organized around library types, this edition is organized in four thematic sections. Can you describe the sections for our listeners and what you and the other editors hope to accomplish using these themes? We wanted to expand the understanding of Black librarians in LIS. The Black Librarian in America, Reflections, Resistance, and Reawakening was divided into four sections. The first one is A Rich Heritage, honoring Black library history. The second one, celebrating collective and individual identity. Third, Black librarians across settings. And lastly, moving forward, activism, anti-racism, and allyship. 
looking through the book, there's a ton of great information and excellent articles and stories. But what would you say is the most significant contribution of this latest edition? My sole purpose as the editor was to focus on section three, Black Libraries Across Settings. But I mean, I was really, really engaged with a lot of the chapters that was also coming in for our rich heritage. I just am continuing to learn about the many facets of Black librarians that came into this profession and just like the activism work that they've done and paved the way for us. So I really am enjoying much of the beginning of the book while I continue to read through it. I would say that that's like my strongest connection at the moment since I'm reading it from the beginning currently is the rich heritage portion. I agree. There's a lot to choose from there. I'm interested in what your hopes are for the future of Black librarianship in America. And related to that, what advice you would give to Black librarians who are just starting their library careers? I hope we make our ancestors proud and keep doing the important work like uh, I was talking about our trailblazers that came before us have done. I want to really continue to tell our stories and have it brought to uh, schools and taught in library schools because this is the foundation for library information science and I hope we all can learn it together. I mean much of EJ Josie, Effie Lee Morris and all of these amazing people I learned just being a member of BCALA. I did not learn it in library school. I would love to just tell early career librarians, like, know your history, know that you play a strong part within this profession. And I would definitely recommend them join BCALA if they're reading the book or if they are hearing names that they did not learn in library school. I also would suggest for them to find a mentor, be able to have these discussions and learn from one another to pave the way for their career. And I just really want to encourage them and let them know that the profession really does need them. We want them as uh, library professionals and to really think about our communities. Again, they need and want them because we know that representation matters and we want folks to understand that librarianship is a career for them. Switching gears, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Joint Conference of Librarians of Color, which I understand you recently attended. Did you want to share any key insights or valuable takeaways from the event? I'm a little biased because I was the co-chair of the Call to Action Task Force with uh, my colleague, Kino Katabay. And at the end of each day, all the attendees from the conference would meet to answer the question of the day that uh, the Call to Action Task Force worked on. And the stories, the advice, and just the community experience in that space each day, it made me laugh, it made me cry. JCLC continues to highlight the importance of the National Associations of Librarians of Color because it is really important for for folks to be part of a community. Bringing all of the different librarians of colors into this learning atmosphere and to understand the challenges that we all are faced with and learn from each other because each group we do face challenges, some of them similar and some of them very, very different. Just getting back to the question of the day, can you talk a little bit more about how that worked during the conference? The theme of the conference was around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Where do we go from here? 
the task force, we were really sitting there, we were discussing it. And at this point, many libraries has EDI within their mission statements. And it started to seem like alphabet soup, like where people are adding additional letters to have a stand for something else to the mission statement to go along with EDI. So we wanted to be able to think about this equity, diversity, inclusion work and how it can be an action item when we're going back into our institutions. And even when we meet up again at the next JCLC, so that it's not just words in a mission statement, but it is something that we are really putting into action. Each day we had questions that we posed to the attendees to hear what was going on in their institutions or their experiences. We shared a survey to attendees because we want to be able to really just think about how we're represented within the profession. What are like the hard numbers of like people who can speak more than one language, people who are the first in their families with a master's degree. Like we really just want to be able to learn from one another and be able to say like, we were here in 2023 and we want to see how we are growing over the next couple of years. So it's really a lot to learn both from the discussion and from the survey results. And we're still working on gathering all that information. Could you share your thoughts on your experience as the president, now past president, of the Black Caucus of the American Library Association? How did this role influence your work in the library profession and what did you learn from it? I have so much respect and admiration for the Black Caucus that I just wanted to do right by the organization. And I did take office again in the middle of the pandemic president from 2020 to 2022. I just learned so much from our members within the various library fields and the needs and challenges that was happening across the country. And it really, really helped me exercise my thinking of ways BCALA could address such issues. My key takeaway from that role was that I'm capable and I'm just really, really thankful to BCALA for giving me that confidence and the opportunity to serve in that role. And just, again, to have the amazing opportunity to work alongside amazing professionals like my co-editors, now uh, current president, Nichelle M. Hayes, Dr. Anna Ndumu, and Dr. Chandra Walker. So you are Associate Director of the Center for Educators and Schools for the New York Public Library. Can you share any exciting developments or projects that are currently underway? We have our summer residency, which is a week-long session in New York City, which will give teachers the learning opportunities to learn from scholars, curators, and other expert educators to engage with curated sources from the library's archives to explore this year's theme, which I love histories of the future. So I'm super excited about that. We're also launching our educator collections in our Bronx locations later this spring. This new collection will provide professional development titles for all educators, including classroom teachers, early childhood educators, homeschooling parents, and librarians. We're also coming to the end of our first academic year of school field trips to the Polanski Exhibition of the New York Public Library's Treasures. This exhibit 
offers unparalleled opportunities for teachers and students to engage with our world-renowned research collections. And also in the fall, we will be launching our Emancipation Curriculum and this year's Vibrant Voices book list, which amplifies and celebrates BIPOC authors and creators. To learn more about our programs, curriculum, and resources, go to nypl.org forward slash CES. Wow, a lot of exciting projects in progress and coming up. Thank you for joining us today and your thoughts and all the insightful information you shared with our listeners today. That was Shante Byrne Simpson, Associate Director of the Center for Educators and Schools for the New York Public Library, immediate past president of the Black Caucus of the American Library Associations, and one of the editors of the most recent edition of the Black Librarian in America. You've been listening to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. We hope you gained some valuable insight from this episode. Don't forget to check out all of our past episodes at www.publiclibrariesonline.org and find out more about the Public Library Association at www.pla.org. Thanks for listening.